The Standing Orders Podcast. Welcome to the latest edition of the Standing Orders Podcast with me, Dr. Thomas Foreman, and my co-host, Councillor Sue Lorne. Good evening, Thomas. How are you this evening? I'm doing okay, Councillor. I'm not feeling 100% because, as you know, there was a quiz last night, um, of which I believe... Uh, the group of councillors uh, that were playing alongside us cheated and so therefore beat the team of officers. And so I'm still feeling a little bit sore after that, councillor. How are you doing? I'm really upset that you've just said that. <laughs> you need to take it back and say the group of the group of councillors that were playing alongside you beat you fair and square. Well, we can have many debates about that, much like you had many debates about the right answers last night. Um, (laughs) (laughs) No, it was a very good evening, actually. It was it was a good night. It was a very nice evening. And obviously, uh, as we record this today, we've also done uh, a remembrance parade. As yes. well, which is something that we do every year. And uh, we parade from the district council offices uh, along the main road to the war memorial. And then after a service at the war memorial, which is very well attended, we go on to the church for a church service before swiftly parading back before the road reopens. And that was a, uh, a very nice, very touching uh, church service today. And I think it's always you know, incredible the amount of people year on year, the crowd gets bigger around the War Memorial, which I think probably shows that, you know, the, the loss and the sacrifice of uh, of wars, both, you know, past and present, still very much in uh, in people's minds. Yes. And I, I think, you know, as you say, is that it's a wonderful community bringing together um, on, on a Sunday, on the Sunday morning after the 11th of November and uh, we've we've done it for for many many years and we include all of the the scouts the guides the brownies the sea scouts so we've lots of children involved in it and I think that's a really important um thing that we need to bring the the young ones to remember and um and again as you say you know we go into the church and um and have a lovely service and the service is mostly focused around the younger ones, trying to explain to them in the simplified way just the reason why we're doing everything that we do. And today we had two veterans, which was really lovely. It was really good to see them, bless them. And, um, yes, it was, we used to do our event on a Sunday afternoon. Um, I think it was three o'clock. We used to leave um, from the district council car park and walk up to the church. And so by the time we would be going home, it would be starting to get dark and, um, and miserable. So when it was Remembrance Day was actually on the 11th of, and it was a Sunday, not I actually think that's on the a couple 11th, of years ago it was, now, wasn't it? Sorry? I think that was a couple of years ago now. Yeah, two, I think it was two years ago. So it all fell on a Sunday and uh, the 11th of the 11th was on the Sunday. I think it must have been three years ago. Do you think two so? Two years ago COVID. was COVID. Yeah, and it was before yeah. COVID. I've lost, yeah, you, you do so much lose track of the years because we lost those two years in COVID. So yeah, maybe three, maybe three years ago now. And But we, we changed it from the afternoon to the morning to make it work. And uh, I think it's, I think the, the community much prefer it to be at that time. And uh, as you say, the numbers just keep increasing um, year on. Um, so it's, yeah. it's good. 
And it's also nice to see, you know, the police turn out, the district council lay a couple of wreaths, the county councillor uh, does the same. And so I think it's really nice. It gives everyone an opportunity to come and pay their respects. And it's uh, it's a very solemn occasion. But also, as you say, with the, with the kids involved, it, it actually, you know, adds a sense of, you know, I, I guess not humour, but it, it makes it... Um, I think an, a nicer event than yeah. having the children there. And the thing that I noticed this year is that um, there's more community wreaths, more public, not community, public wreaths being yeah. laid. And um, and I think that's something that I don't think that you can just come to um, a parade, a British Legion, Royal British Legion parade, and think that you can put a, you know, can set down a wreath. I think you have to ask if it's okay for you to do that. And, um, and today we had, you know, a few people that uh, weren't part of, you know, some kind of organisation, local government or scouts or guides. We had people who were just laying them in memory of somebody, family members or, or somebody they they knew so um so that was that's quite good i think that's good that um they should allow members of the public to to lay the wreaths at the same time as local government and the the other uniform um groups would be doing so that's that's quite a nice thing that we do i have to say listening to your voice councillor are you hung over at all <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe that you come out with some of the comments <laughs> that you do. Unfortunately, the quiz night that we went to last night, they said, bring your own drink. And they didn't say not to bring alcohol. So automatically you think, okay, I'll take a bottle. Someone else takes a bottle. And then before you know it, you've drunk quite a few bottles. And um, It does I, sound like you, you've perhaps, you're speaking quietly as not to disturb yourself. <laughs> <laughs> No, I think the problem is that I've got my microphone turned up quite loud on my headphones, so um, so I don't want to shout <laughs> in case I in case I um, in case I wake you up. Really, I've never known you to shout. And actually, that's a really nice kind of avenue into our topic of conversation uh, today, which is looking at uh, kind of member officer relationships and looking at, you know, the role of the councillor and the role of the officer and, you know, what action and I guess what we could do to stop councillors shouting, uh, much like you do. <laughs> you see, you, you, you say something nice in one breath and then the next minute you take it away. I know. it's, <laughs> And that's a really cruel thing to do for somebody who's feeling as delicate as I'm feeling this evening. So in terms of, you know, you, you've dealt with uh, council officers, both at town and at district, and you've obviously worked in partnership with uh, officers throughout the public sector. So what do you think for you makes a good officer? I think that it's somebody who is who's working for the community. I, I can't, I think we, I've said this once before, I can't imagine that there's too many people go into the first level of local government without thinking that you want to do good for your community. Is the, is the town, the community that you live in? 
maybe it'll be something that will then, you know, something that's gone wrong somewhere along the way, a planning application or, or something that uh, you feel that you being part of the local council could uh, make sure that it doesn't happen again or you, you know a way of resolving an issue that, um, that you thought that maybe the, the council as it was, wasn't capable of doing. And then whenever you get into it, you realise that actually it's not that simple. But no, I think the most important thing that um, a value that anybody should be uh, working for is for the community. And um, yeah, I think that there's uh, one of the Nolan principles is um, selflessness. And it is says that holders of the public office should act solely in terms of the public interest. And, and I think that's, that's probably the, one of the most important ones. You, you need to be, you're there for the community. And, um, and if you're there for anything other than if you're there for self promotion or, um, you know, for your status, um, then, you, you know, you, you should not be there. But um, yeah, so I'm thinking. But then there's there's quite a few that you could you could also honesty. You know, you you need to be basically counselling. You just at this point needed to say best type of officer. Well, that would be you, Tom. And that's all you had to say. You, you don't need to go into the into the detail. You could just come out with just the one line. That's absolutely well, that just goes fine. without saying. <laughs> but I mean, in in terms of, I think you're right. You know, having putting the community first, and I think the role of an officer is often unappreciated, kind of more widely in the community. Um, I think you know, there's, a, I think there's a distinct difference between you know an officer and a and a counsellor. I think there's some elements mm-hmm. of it that that kind of does overlap in some ways, and I think you know when you look at how you know, local government works. I think the strategic side that members look at to the organisational side and more operational aspects that officers look at, they're always going to overlap because, you know, you're going to be looking at problem solving. You're going to be looking at monitoring things like performance, you're going to be looking at kind of new ideas of ways of supporting uh, one another. And I think those elements will always overlap between officers and members, because I think if they mm-hmm. don't, you end up with barriers to communication. And I think that's where a lot of relationships between officers and counsellors breaks down. Yeah. It is just a lack yeah. of communication. Yeah, there, there is there is an issue with, with communication, but it is as well that, you know, if, if you come to, you know, you, you think, well, I want to be in local government. And if you're not going to be, especially on, on the first tier, you know, towns and parish, if you're not working you know, for the good of the community and you're just there purely to do an admin job, then it's, it, it could be, it could be a very unsatisfactory job that you would be doing because you, you need to have that enthusiasm. And, you know, at the moment we've got the most amazing team and every one of them, even the ones that don't live in, in, in the area are, um, you know, totally dedicated to making sure that Thorpe is a beautiful place to live. It's clean and, uh, you know, the facilities are, are top class. So if you've got an officer that doesn't really, you know, doesn't really care about the situation or thinks, well, it's not my problem. I don't live here. Um, then, you know, that, that doesn't bode well for anybody. No, so I, it's, it, fair, like you say, it, 
I don't think you get many officers that when they don't live somewhere, I think in, in some ways, when you don't live somewhere, you actually come into the community with fresh eyes and you drive in each day yeah. and you look at it fresh and you think, <laughs> you know, actually, you know, I've seen this. I, I can do something about that. Whereas when you live there, you perhaps don't see what, you know, visitors see when they come in yeah. and you just don't get that kind of perspective each day because you go back to your own community <laughs> Then when you drive into the one you work in, you're then looking at the comparisons. Each day is a kind of a bit of a review. And I think that that can sometimes be really good. Obviously, having people that live locally also helps with like community intelligence and, you know, ensures that things mm-hmm. are being done. And, mm-hmm. and it is, you know, real strength to have people living in the town. But I think sometimes a bit of outside experience and a bit of, you know, perspective is important. And it is. And, and you know, it's... It is that um, you know. Whenever you you want to be you want to be proud of what you do, and whenever you're working in local government, then that's bringing the pride and being proud of the community that you're working for, as well as for the councillors, the community that you're living in. So um, so yeah, you know you you need you need to have the community at heart, whether you're a councillor or whether you're an officer. I think you're right. And I think generally what is normally, I would say, what is normally a strength with uh, with councillors who are, shall we say, kind of good at representing the local area is, you know, teamwork and partnership working, uh, good communication and how you kind of act as mayor, which is, I think, kind of reminiscent you know, you're going to either love or, or hate this, but a little bit like John Major, you know, a, a bit, oh my God. you know, the first among equals style. <laughs> All the people that you could have. <laughs> well, you no, know, just the style of kind of the, the style in which you, you kind of act as mayor. So you see yourself as no, no more or less than the other councillors um, that you kind of serve alongside, that you see yourself as kind of the first among equals, as opposed to kind of like, you know, I'm the chairman, I'm the mayor. And so therefore, you know, I'm, I'm you know, no. above everyone else. So I don't see you as kind of in any way in, in the most macro of terms, you know, there's no strand no. of kind of presidentialness about you, councillor. No. And no, there, there is. That's not for one smidgen of a second. Is would that be the type of person? So just to I check, am. Are you, I'm no are you different. Therefore, saying that you are like John Major. <laughs> no, I'm not grey and boring. Um, no, you're, you're not grey. Oh, in, in one way, <laughs> no, and I'm not grey either. It's it, it's um, in one way, it's a compliment because I would expect you to say that I was quite fiery, but. Um, but no, it's um, you know you, you, nobody. Just because I wear a chain whenever we we go out on a, a formal occasion, such as today, um, I would. And I don't get me wrong. I totally appreciate the fact, and and I I am very very proud of the fact that I am the town mayor, and I'm very appreciative of the fact that the councillors voted me town mayor. But I'm always going to be somebody who would rather be. I'm, I'm more than capable of leading, but I much prefer that I lead from behind the curtains. I suppose. Now I don't always want to be the person that's out in front. Um, I'll happily organise everything, 
from the back, but um, but I don't like I being guess the one that. that um, that's what I mean. In, in the first among you, you, you try and bring everyone along with you, and and I think that's that's really good. And I can't, you know, I I can't move on until after you saying. I'm glad you said John Major because I thought you were going to say, you know, someone a bit more fiery. I have to make a link between, you know, liking a bit of fire, liking a bit of spice, and liking a bit of Edwina Curry. Um, and so. <laughs> <laughs> but, oh, I don't even no. know that one, that one either. Maybe that image but is a no, bit. No, I can see. <laughs> Very opinionated. Yeah, probably. Maybe I am opinionated, but um, but no, it's but again, it, you know, it's it's understanding that you know the situation and and what your role in public life is. You know, you you can't go out there whenever you are town mayor or chairman of a council or chairman of any committee. You can't go out there pushing your opinion. You need to put your point forward put your opinion forward, but then you need to understand that you're part of a team and it has to be the team's decision for anything that you decide that you want to go forward on. And um, and, and sometimes that doesn't happen. And again, is because sometimes, as you said earlier, that sometimes with councillors who are really, um, you know, really keen to make things happen and to be seen to be making things happen, that sometimes you can you can detach yourself from that team, and um, and that's not good on either side. It's not good for the officers, and it's not good for the the councillors that you're you're working with. Um, we've been a really successful council for many many years, and thank you. Um, and you know and <laughs> thank you. No, seriously, it's, it's as a working as Absolutely. a team, and as soon as you get um, somebody who officer or um, or councillor who who either feels that you know we're all completely wrong and they're the only ones that are right in both ways with a with an officer who thinks that you know why should they have to to listen to what the councillors say you know they're being paid to do a job they've got experience so you know we should automatically go with that and again we did you know, say that we wouldn't talk about the district council <laughs> 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 or the county. No, it's it, again. It, it's, it's a situation where you you try to to pull everybody together, and um, yeah, we we need to we need to be seen to be doing Absolutely. that. And I think you're right. It's you know all about developing an effective relationship. But I also think, like you're saying, you need clarity on that. You need clarity mm-hmm. on where the officers stand where the members stand. And I think, you know, it's all about that communication that councillors and officers are able to to freely kind of discuss and, and agree the kind of values and behaviours. And I think by agreeing policies, so member code of conduct, officer member protocols, I think that that's a really important framework where you can have that discussion um, and you can kind of set the baseline on which, you know, the relationships between officers and members will uh, will grow and hopefully then develop the mutual trust that I think is required. I think as soon as you, you kind of lose that mutual trust, it then becomes far more difficult for officers to be able to act kind of apolitically with impartiality. Um, and actually, mm-hmm. it's also important for members to to understand 
that that's how officers must act. You know, that, that actually they're not being political if they just aren't supporting you specifically, that that's just treating everyone equally and, and you can't play mm-hmm. favourites. And I think, you know, it's really important to have that kind of, I, I guess, just that open flow of communication between councillors and officers, because otherwise it's incredibly difficult to come back from that. This is it. But the other thing that I was just thinking about, so, you know, everything goes on a four-year period. You know, we um, the, the council are, are re-selected or, or not re-selected, re-elected again uh, in a four-year period. So, is it, you know, sometimes you think, well, is it a case that whenever it's six months before the next election and you're thinking – as an officer, uh, now the chances of that person getting re-elected again, no, that's not going to happen. So I don't really have to pay attention or I literally um, say, agree with everything that they're saying and then think, uh, well, I don't have to follow it through because um, they won't be here in, um, in a year's time or six months time. I wonder if that it doesn't happen at Thorpe. Um, but I wonder if sometimes that is a case um, between an officer and a councillor that don't always see eye to eye. To eye. Um, is there a, a little thing in the back of the heads that thinks, no, they're not going to make it through. So I'll just push that piece of paper to the side for a little I while. I don't think, like, to be honest with you, I think any, any council, any officer that has that, I would always say there's likely to be a lack of discipline there that actually, if you've gone to that point, there will undoubtedly be times, as I'm sure there are with with councillors, that when they see an officer has resigned and is moving on, they think, actually, you know, th- this has been like wading through treacle. And now we might actually get to go somewhere. And that's mainly because, you know, as officers, yeah. we implement, you know, the policies, the decisions of the council and we do it at speed, but that speed is dictated by a number of things operationally that we have to balance. And that's where, you know, it's management responsibility. And I think for councillors, that is sometimes frustrating, but that's often, you know, that that's actually within the field of control of the officers as opposed to the members. The members can look at performance. They can do performance monitoring. And I think having a corporate plan and doing regular performance monitoring is really important. But I think it has to also be that, you know, the members respect the fact that officers are going to be, you know, adding policies, adding projects into a workflow kind of program. And actually, you know, if that decision weren't made, officers are unlikely to have been sitting there twiddling their thumbs. You know, things do need to be done in an agile way and priorities will come through. And most people have the the resilience to be able to do that. But I think, you know, it's all about, I guess, avoiding ambiguity, being clear about things from the outset with members and being able to say, actually, yeah, you can make this decision, but this is how it will look in reality. And you can't expect everything to be turned around in 24 hours. Now, there have been instances where I've been able to do that, you know, develop, you know, dementia Mm -hmm. cafes with, you know, landscape gardens within two week periods. You know, we've been able to, to do stuff, but actually... You know, there are longer term priorities that will always take time. And I think that, you know, regular communication, that lack of um, kind of that lack of ambiguity, uh, 
it, it, it's just really important to to avoid misunderstandings, really. And and also for, is- for councillors to set their priorities, you know, by being assisted by officers. So officers can at the earliest point have those discussions with members to help shape the vision. This is it. And and again, you know, we're talking about the things such as what, you you know, the dementia cafe and, and then the garden. But again, it's whenever a councillor makes or, or, you know, between the, the councillors and the officers make a decision to do something. If it's something that, as I said, you know, maybe a councillor will think that, uh, no, I don't think that's the right way to go and um, and then kick up a fuss about it. But whatever... As a counsellor, you have to be open-minded um, because whatever you think in your principle, this isn't the right way to go. If it's for the benefit of the town or or district or county, then it is your place to go with it. Absolutely. Um, you know, if you've – go on. No, I, I can understand why you were surprised. I was just agreeing with you. <laughs> 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 As always, um, but this is the you know is is dry. And again, if the officer comes up with the with the idea of you know the dementia cafe garden or you know anything that is going to be beneficial for the community, then um, you know you you have to learn that. And and again, you know, you've only got a four year period that you you know you you start off on year one, and you you think right, well, we've got four years to to turn things around or make things better, improve whatever. Um, and it's, it, I suppose some people look at it as it's um, a career, but it's it's not a guaranteed career is it's literally you have a four-year period to try to change things and if you've done a good job you'll get reselected or re-elected and if you haven't then you know you you'll lose out but sometimes there's other things but this is going way off scale but sometimes there's other things (laughs) (laughs) all the time um it's you know but sometimes there's other things that are out of your control that determine whether you then get reselected or elected to carry on doing the project that you because you can't do everything in four years um you know we've been talking about a new um um workshop for for a few years but nothing happens overnight and it can't happen happen overnight there's a process that you have to go through and those things you know, you have to hope that you'll get back um, to to carry on working through it, but the officer will still be Absolutely. there. Absolutely. I mean, the, the, and I think that's a really important point, which is the the kind of continuity between election and election. It, it is the officers, and I think it would be, I think it would be really unusual to say that actually, you know, officers. I think officers will generally deal with anyone that gets elected in. There are obviously going to be mm. local kind of issues that maybe come through where there's a bit of a past, etc. But I think you'll find the majority of officers, you know, in the lead up to an election, you're a councillor until you're not. And, and you know, yes. you're a member of the public until you're a councillor. And I think that mm-hmm. you have to be like that. You can't go through election cycles and kind of this will probably be very sad news to you, town mayor, but I don't think you'll find anywhere where kind of officers sit dreading the election in case, you know, the public 
do put someone in or don't put someone in. I think you to kind of be able to be in a role like Clark or to work in a small council where you have a lot more interaction with members on a day-to-day basis than you do at somewhere like a district Mm -hmm. or county, I think you just have to take it as it comes. And up to the day that you're a councillor, you're a councillor, and then you're not. But to be honest with you, even ex-councillors, you know, I, I never call them by their first name still. Um, I will call them Mister yeah. in, in, instead of or yeah. obviously Miss or, or Mrs or you know whatever. Yeah. Um, but yeah. you know, I, I still think that there's that kind of formality there because equally, you just never know. They they might well be back. You know, you have some councillors that go and then they, they come back. So <laughs> that you have to be very careful. Yeah. And this is the thing, you know, whenever it, um, you, you, know, you know, that you're on a four year cycle with whichever council you're, you're with at the moment. And, um, and again, if you, whenever you hang the flags out because a certain councillor didn't come back again, then you have to remember <laughs> that one day that councillor might just return yeah. in a, in, you know, if there's a by-election or in four years time, they might just come back into the, into the council I mean, again. But, this- and, but again, it's, you know, it's, just, it's, the situation where it shouldn't be, you know, if things change next May and you have a whole new 16 councillors, it should always be, as I've said before, on a town council, district and county is very different, but on a town council, it should be for the community. So whichever team you pick up in, in six months' time, then it should be, you should, you know, it should work still well for you because everybody should be working for the community. Yeah, I do. Um, you know, just what you were saying about you just never know whether, you know, you might see the back of a councillor and then suddenly they return and you think, oh, maybe I shouldn't have said that or maybe I shouldn't have been like that. And it does remind me actually last night of a quiz question about how many prime ministers before Liz Trust <laughs> did, the, uh, did the Queen uh, have. And I think uh, yeah. I may have said 15. And I think you and uh, your team said... 14 and when they said 15 was the right answer I believe I may have uh, leant across to your table and said I bet you're really glad your team name isn't the politicos and then of course the correction (laughs) came through that it was in fact 14 instead of 15 and then I went very quiet very quickly (laughs) no it was the other way around it was 15 are you sure about that wasn't it yeah, he was definitely fifteen. Oh no, we can't they, this now. The, the, They'd given the answer. They'd given the answer as fourteen, and you'd put fifteen, and I'd said fifteen. But the team then went with fourteen. But whenever they said, whenever they gave out the answer, they said fourteen, and then a certain person said, "You've got that wrong." They'd miss Atto or something. Was it that they'd um, missed? Well, Atto um, wasn't the one under the Queen. Oh, Atto. Um, he he predated the Queen. Well, I can't remember who. They'd missed one person out, which then took it to 15. Oh, really? And you'd said 15. Well, this is all news to me. But we can how, debate how this bad forever. must I have been last night if I can't even remember that part? <laughs> but anyway, I remember leaning across. So I remember that aspect. And I remember thinking, keep your mouth shut in future. 
And uh, and I think that's that's wise advice at any point. Because yeah. you've just made some interesting yeah. podcast listening now, arguing over a question which no one quite knows. Um, yeah, but you'll just delete that. Well, I'll try. Um, <laughs> depends how seamlessly I can... Like all the good things that I say, you just so, delete. Depends how seamlessly I can make it sound like what you were saying kind of makes sense in the context. But, uh, but we'll see. I don't even know. Seriously, the wine is still there. And I think, well, no, it's not still there, but my head is still fuzzy. And uh, and I'm thinking, well, I don't even know. Was it 14? Was it 15? What was it? But moving on. Well, I think, yeah, that, that's a, a good point to move on. Uh, so generally, I think, you know, having looked at, well, having just chatted through, really, like what makes a good officer, what makes a good member, what's important between the, the relationships, I think, you know, for me at least, what councillors should be able to expect from their officers is, as you say, a commitment to the community as a whole and to the council as a whole. You know, every councillor deserves equal commitment from the officers, irrespective of politics or political groups. I think, you know, that, you know, apolitical nature of the officer allows their advice to be given and hopefully received by the council without believing that there is any bias within that. And I think it's really important for councillors to kind of work in partnership with officers and for officers to reciprocate that as well and to work positively with with councillors and and to do it swiftly. You know, there's nothing worse than waiting three weeks for a response to an email, is there? No, you say that as though you've been waiting three weeks, three weeks for a response to it. <laughs> Am I missing something there. here? <laughs> Tell Rachel to get that sorted. <laughs> no, um, no, you do. You know, and again, you. I, I can remember many conversations, not with the town council, but in other councils where people. Um, uh, would say, well, I haven't looked at my emails for a couple of weeks, and um, and you just think, how could you do that? You know, you you need to be on top of things, and and you need to be looking at your emails on but a daily basis. I also think, from an officer perspective, like what you need to be able to expect from officers is equally, as I said, that kind of mutual support, and integrity, but also confidentiality, and and I think you yes. need to know that when you're talking to an officer. It's not going to go any further, particularly, you know, we, we have, you know, councillors of, of two political colours at Thorpe. Um, when I speak to, you know, a member from one political group to another, you know, there is a, you know, as uh, as they say, you know, there is a wall between the two. And that barrier ensures that, you know, information isn't shared. And actually the advice given is, you know, apolitical and unbiased and isn't influenced at all by any particular agenda. And I think that's something that's really important for councillors to expect, to, to be able to trust the officers that they're dealing with and that the officers are playing them with a kind of a level bat. This is it. You, you, the last thing you need is something that he said, he said, she said, you know, it's and oh, you know, you can't believe that that's their attitude. It has to be whatever is said in the office should really stay in the office. Stay in the office. 
until that person or is it needs to be brought out into public and um and then you know you, you would obviously explain the reasoning for it but um but yeah you have to you have to have a good trust in in the the officers that you've Absolutely. got and, and i think equally um, from from a kind of officer perspective you know i think what what you can kind of expect from from councillors is is that kind of if you like that democratic mandate that the political leadership that's required to kind of drive forward policies drive forward strategies and ideas and just kind of keep to the more the more strategic uh kind of stuff and and like you would expect from officers officers would expect that working partnership to continue and you know perhaps keeping that strategic to operational distance in you know, not being involved in the day-to-day management of the council and leaving that to the officers to uh, to do, and for members to have oversight of mm-hmm. you know performance monitoring and and compliance and and at, you know mm-hmm. delivery against you know the corporate plan, and not to have special considerations either. Um, so you know, basically, you know, you put the council and the community first and foremost in your decision making. But of course, councillor, the most important thing is compliance with the Nolan principles, which I believe you may have quoted earlier. So since you've quoted them, you can now tell me what they are. (laughs) (laughs) Shall I do that, Headmaster? (laughs) There's integrity. (laughs) Shall we start with that one? (laughs) So um, I'm not going to go through them all, Thomas. You're more than capable of knowing them. I think you need to have principles in life. You know, you need to have in all walks of life, whatever your career is, you, you know, you have to have something that you that you should um, that you should live up to and I adhere to. You. And I think, you know, it starts from the top and, and filters down. But as that doesn't seem to be working, we're probably starting at the bottom and working our way up. Yeah, that, that, and I think that's what we need to do again. It needs to start from the bottom, and um, and then it will eventually filter through to the top. But again, it's, it's such a risk. Can something filter upwards? Well, it needs to move upwards. It is, it's a very slow, it's a very slow stream that's going upwards. But you you have to work towards that. And the problem is that whenever people people see councillors, members of the public, whoever, see how things are at the top. And then somehow they think it's acceptable to behave like that in everyday life. And it's not. And I think that's the the scariest thing is that um, society will just start to think, yeah, you can just tell lies as and whenever you want to. You can just be disrespectful as and whenever you want to. And nobody's going to there's going to be no consequences for it. And, um, and I'm afraid I think over the last couple of years that, um, that's been set. Um, that's an example that people really should not be following, but it's, um, that's another subject. Thank you. And again, you know, I think I said this before when I was, uh, tired after travel time, thank you for being with me today with a, ever so slightly fuzzy head and i'm definitely now going to have to google the number of prime ministers excluding liz trust that uh that's so done well, can you do it now 
No. <laughs> That'll be something that I'll, I'll bring back to the well, next can start, podcast. <laughs> can we start the next card with, uh, with exactly the answer to that question? But we're open for um, for people's um, points of view on um, whether it was 14 or 15, but it was definitely 15. Thank you for listening to the Standing Orders podcast by Politis. Please like and subscribe to get your weekly edition. You can suggest topics by emailing podcast at politisconsulting.co.uk. See you next week.